Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Getting you ready for week four. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome to the Asylum right here on fakepigskin.com. I'm Rick Briggs, my partner, Rick Flieger. We are here, like I said, getting you ready for week four. We're going to recap, man, week three, the week that was and don't get discouraged as I am because this is crazy, Rick. Yeah, you stink, Rick. In the Caveman League, it's it's pure disaster for you right now. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't enjoying it a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I've lost, just, just to recap real quick, at least partially, but I lost num- my number five pick for the season, my number six pick for multiple weeks, um, my number two pick for most of a game, and my number four pick for most of a game, and maybe this week. So I'm not real sure what his status is yet. Other than that, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other I, I than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Right? <laughs> exactly. So welcome into the Asylum. Check us out at Asylum Football on Twitter if you want to get those questions into the mailbag, asylumfootball at gmail.com. It, it was a wild one, Rick, but I'll tell you what, before we get down the road, I almost forgot we got to pay some bills, my friend. Pay those bills. Well, of course you do. And, you know, fan, fantasy football fans, you have to listen up to the asylum here because if you love fantasy football, then you need to try these new best ball leagues on our new favorite app, and it is Draft. Here's how it works. You draft a team, and that is basically it, Okay. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks. It's real simple. If you haven't done it yet, do it. It's season long, but with no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. There's no trade. There's no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you get the best score every week. Never worry about injuries again. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start about every couple of minutes or so, and you can join one right now. Best part is you play for cold, hard cash, my friend. Leagues start from just 3 bucks, so there's a league for everybody out there, even you, cheapskate flicker. No <laughs> salary caps. Time. Yeah, no salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends. For a limited time only. And let's, let me just say that, for a limited time. So get in there. All new players get a free entry into a $3 best ball draft, and you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, Rick. Fake pigskin. I still remember it. That's right. Play real money game for free just for using our promo code. Fake pigskin. On your first deposit. Just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com. Come play free with promo code. Fake pigskin. All right. That's right, you cheapskate. So spend that three bucks. Use that. Use that promo code, fake pigskin. All right, Rick. So much to get into tonight. 
It's been wild. I wish you could see behind the scenes what's going on in this show. Let's just say, thank God, it's not live, right, Rick? Yeah. Well, it is live while we fumble around yeah. and fall and trip and it's hit, Alejandra's our, hit our heads. Fault, right? Because well, I got to yeah, run. Yeah, I mean, back it is forth. Alejandra's yeah. fault. I don't. I'm really getting tired of this, you know, supposed competitive interpretive dance tour it's a thing year round I mean. I, yeah i mean let's let's get real alejandro you're avoiding us yeah that's what it, and that's fine but you yeah, know when I, we said the other couple of weeks ago we were going to make you walk the plank on rick's yacht okay just to let you know he really doesn't have one yet yet i i did on the on draft again i turned well, I, I took it light last week. I came up short of doubling my money, but I came real close again. So you guys, seriously, you have to get on there. It's so much better, better than the competitors, I'll say. But let's get into it, Rick. I try to keep it under two hours this week. We went a little <laughs> little haywire last week. Uh, Melvin Gordon, as you know, Mr. Briggs, as part of your whining at the top of the show, dealing with a bone bruise in the same knee that's given him trouble over the last couple of years. Not expected to miss any time at this point, and that almost bothers me. Is this going to be a thing similar to what we saw Sunday where he's going to gut it out and he's going to miss chunks of games, and is this thing going to drag out all season? I, I worry about that. I'd rather see him miss a game or two and get right of course you you worry about it but i mean when you're sitting at zero and three like the chargers you got to get him in there right if he says he can go it's it's supposedly of course you never can believe everything you hear but it's supposedly a minor it's not a deep bone bruise it's a minor bone bruise on the knee yeah it's sore but I, he took a day off i'm sure was getting treatment on it and so forth if it doesn't hamper him, I'm not too concerned. But again, if if like you said, if he goes in first quarter, this that and the other, and he starts going, and then they pull him out again, that's not good. It's going to yeah. be a lingering thing, and it's going to end up halting the year. Yeah, quite frankly, and, and that's what I worry. If I were a Melvin Gordon owner, and frankly, I don't think I own any shares of Melvin Gordon across any of my season long leagues, unlike you. So yeah. So maybe I'm not that concerned. Maybe I hope he plays half of every game for the rest of the year. I'd be all right with that. Rick, this one was terrible, and it's probably the end of a career. How about Darren Sproles out for the season after he broke his arm and tore his ACL yeah, on the same, on the same play, play? On the exact same play. Hate to see that. This cat's 34 years old, I believe, 34, getting close to 35. This is probably the end for a great player. He was having a great year, Rick, and was getting the majority of that work in Philadelphia. Yeah, but um, what what does that mean? Does that mean an uptick in LeGarrette Bluntstock? Does it, I don't think. Does it mean Wendell Smallwood all of a sudden is Mr. Eagle or what? I think this is all about Wendell Smallwood right now, Rick. I think Blunt has his role, and it's going to be an inconsistent sort of ugly role. We talked about what happened to him in week two, only getting on the field six times. Got a lot more work last week and was a much bigger contributor. But I think between the 20s on most plays, the way they run that offense, I think, you know, obviously your waiver deadlines have passed. Smallwood is the guy here, and I think he could put up some big numbers. I think he could be a very, very valuable fantasy football option. Don't dump Blunt. I have a feeling well, no, by no. the time this year's over, somewhere along the line, he's going to be working into this lineup as an integral part of, if nothing else, red zone. And right. Because I'm, I'm, unlike Sproles, I worry about a Smallwood getting that type of workload. 
I may be totally wrong, but it's just one of those things. Well, my problem is I wouldn't be stunned they bring in Kenyon Barner. I wouldn't be surprised to see him within a week or two taking enough work to mitigate any extra work Blunt's going to get. Don't get me wrong here. I think they have Blunt in this. There's a reason. I don't buy this, the game situation against Kansas City. He played that few snaps. There is something where that, again, just isn't quite jiving there, just like everywhere he's ever been except for in Gillette Stadium, right? There's just something there, and I think his role is going to be what it'll be. We'll see if the if the offense plays well enough to give him the the red zone tar- opportunities at the goal line like he got in New England. He's certainly not going to get as many, but does he fit fill into that role consistently like he did in New England? He's never had a ton of success between the twenties, right? That's not that's right. not who he is. What he does, and I think be it Smallwood, be it Barner, be it whoever, be bring Ryan Matthews back for all I care. I think there's going to be other folks getting the bulk of that work until you get down into the. Red Red zone. Then that's Legarrette Blunt time, and we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. That's why you can never dump him, you know. And each week we're going to get nine lineup questions about him, right? And the answer is always, well, you, you hope, right? Yeah. You hope they get down there, but they worked Zach Ertz into that a little bit. They're not as committed to it as New England was, and you see it with with Gillisley. That's just the way Bill Belichick runs his offense down inside the five. We'll see if Philadelphia is that team, but I don't think that. I think logically there has to be a bit of an uptick for Blunt with losing a piece like Darren Sproles. But that's two very different roles, and I don't know how much of that work Blunt takes. I agree. I mean, it's it's, it's food for thought, but uh, his potential is there. Whether or not it's going to get tapped in Philadelphia, I don't know. Or whether he's just not a fit in Philadelphia. Yeah, or yeah, like anywhere we talked but about New England. Exactly. It, it, it's strange. So after just thrashing the Steelers on Thursday, Rick, and we'll probably talk about this or on Sunday, I'm sorry, a lot more later, Jordan Howard dealing with a sprained AC joint, expected to go Thursday. Today as we're recording, so so this may be old news. But I'm curious. I'm a little nervous. Boy, he looked good. He went out of the game twice in the fourth quarter, came back in and looked good, but unable to take hits. You wonder if this is going to catch up with a little bit. I don't like the short turnaround for him on a Thursday. It doesn't look serious, but that's a quick turnaround for a guy dealing with something like that. It is a quick turnaround, but you know, I think we can still see the the one-two punch from those guys from Chicago, and then he gets, what, 10 days off, 10, right. 11 days off. And he's good to go. Exactly. So, you know, you may see a little bit less of him against Green Bay. Of course, it depends on how the game goes. He, right. He was obviously favoring that shoulder against Pittsburgh and still running through him like water through a screen door. So yeah, that was that you was just sad. never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, it's hard to say. I think he'll be okay. They're really not – don't seem to be real concerned about it. So. No, no, for a guy who, like I said, you come off the field twice in the fourth quarter and then bust two long runs to win a game in overtime. I just, this is, we probably should stop because by the time anybody hears this, this game has already happened. So we probably sound like idiots. Rick Willie Sneed returning from suspension this week. This is going to be interesting to see how he fits in. We saw Brandon Coleman get in the end zone last week. He looked good in that slot. I think Sneed immediately supplants him there. And I'll tell you what, Kobe Fleener had looked pretty good, you know, comparative to last year. I wonder if Sneed stepping back in reduces, reduces his role. It'll be interesting to see how all this plays out it's new orleans and michael thomas has actually stepped in as the target yeah and he seems to be for the first time since joe horn really we have one right exactly and you know he looks to be adapting to this role pretty pretty quickly 
right. uh, in such a high-powered offense. But I'll tell you what, if Snead comes back, he's in shape and, I mean, ready to go, um, I think he's going to get significant work. I don't necessarily think Thomas's targets or production drops. Not Thomas, no. I think no. Snead helps him. Right. Um, but I see everybody else dropping. And yeah. Snead's definitely going to get his share. So, Willie Snead owners, you know, hats off to you guys for being patient. Right. Because I, I think he's going to pay dividends. Maybe not this week. Yeah, it'll probably... It's hard to say, but you never know. Sometimes these guys oh, will yeah. fool you. Could be we'll 10 say, for a buck 20. Yeah, you know? I don't know how many times I've said into this very microphone, I'm going to wait until it happens. He's going to be fine, but I'm going to wait. Show me it. And then that game, they catch 13 balls like Larry Fitzgerald, right? Right. That's happened to me so many times. But I agree with you. If, if anything, it helps Michael Thomas. It certainly doesn't hurt him at all. You know, Coleman was a guy, I think – He's more of a dynasty play at this point. Right. I have him rostered in some deeper leagues, you know, if, I you, do were too. A, if you were in a bind. But I think his role takes a, a reduction now, but I don't think that hurts too many redraft fantasy owners, right? I think it's Fleener, who I don't know how many people are playing Fleener, but if you look, he's been pretty good for three weeks and getting a lot of targets. I think he's the biggest one. We get back to that aggravation we dealt with, with him and, and Dean every week, every Sunday last year. Yeah. You asked I think us I, about by week 10, I got to the point where I refused to discuss yeah, yeah, Kobe we're, Fleener we're with him. You know? Yeah, that was uh, before you get on the air, just so you know. There's no Kobe Fleener discussion today. Exactly. But you know, I think he becomes that guy again. I think that's who really takes the hit for a Willie Sneed. Uh, your boy, Rick, back to your whining at the top of the show, Kelvin Benjamin yep. injures his left knee. Good news, the MRI comes back clear. Seems like he's day to day. I'm not expecting him to play this week. I don't know if they've announced anything. I don't know. Word come yet. out full practice today. Really? Yeah. Yes. So um, I thought it was over when he went. Oh, down, I did Rick. too. I thought it was over. I, f- I was starting just to, you know, how you put X's like on a calendar. <laughs> it was like that's what I was doing. There goes another guy. one. There's another one down. But no, I think Calvin Benjamin will be okay. Problem being is Cam Newton's not okay. It's terrible. He can't hit terrible. the broad side of a barn. He looks tentative out there. I don't know if it's the shoulder. I hear some of the the experts on on radio listening. Well, you know, you have to realize he didn't go through training camp. He didn't throw in, in preseason. This, that, and the other. This is going into week four. Yeah, we're into week. You can tell me that after week one. He had one. five fantasy points last week, yeah. pal. Yeah, I you mean, can tell that's... me that after week one. We're to week three. And yeah. I timing, I get. I don't see – I see some timing issues. But a lot of it isn't timing issues. It's accuracy issues. And that's a concern. I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if it's fear in the pocket after what he went through last year. I don't know what it Greg is. Greg Olson, that big of an impact on his performances? Well, you know, it could be, but you wonder if you see the way. And I don't know, did I have that in the takeaways? I, I don't know if I did or not. But Christian McCaffrey, he boy, he sort of stepped into yeah. that role, the numbers he put up last week. Now, Olson's a, a calming force in that huddle, I understand. He's the safety He blanket. is the guy right. older than Cam. He's the guy that was there. When Cam came in, he's the guy that helped Newton work into that position. I understand that, and you, you could see some adjustment period. But save for Calvin Benjamin getting rolled up on him, huge receiver. Devin Funchess, it's time to step up there, mister. I would McCaff- think. McCaffrey is actually stepping up as a rookie splendidly. Jonathan Stewart having a decent he's enough a year, nice in, quiet in, a, year right? in a secondary role. But no one else is picking it up. So, you know, again, I've said this last, especially last year, 
you know, after that great year a couple years ago and last year, Cam, you got to put your chin up. You got to pull these guys on your shoulders and lead this team. Simple as that. And you know what? I think it is from a mechanic standpoint, not not necessarily a mechanic standpoint, but where I was reticent to, and I don't think I do own any Cam Newton shares in any of my, you know, my weekly leagues that I have to manage is you had to think after the beating he took last year, if you look back to the MVP year two years ago, the threat of the run was not only real, it was primary with him, right? Right. That seems like that's been taken out of his game. It, it's been beat out of his game, quite frankly. And you don't blame him. You don't blame the, the coaching staff. You don't blame anybody no. for taking this out. And you bring in a cat like McCaffrey, and you still got Jonathan Stewart rolling. But I think we're maybe finding out they're playing defense a lot different on Cam Newton than they were two and three years sure. ago, right? Now that you, okay, you know what? We're, we're going to be willing to eat that. We're going to go ahead and make you throw the football now. And I think maybe did it just take three or four years to catch up you know the funny thing is guys who play the game like cam newton do they, they, they burn hot and bright and then they fizzle out just as quickly you just wonder we sort Michael of felt Vick. we sort of felt like cam newton was special right like he was different but Vic kaepernick probably a name we shouldn't bring up this week but guys like that they, they it's like magnesium right bright and hot and then it just sort of fizzles out quick you wonder could cam newton be in that same that same boat it, it, it's it'll be interesting to see as the year goes on I agree. All right, Rick. Doug Baldwin injures a groin. He's saying it's not serious. They did an MRI. Nothing major came back. Something to monitor this week and for the next couple weeks, but shouldn't be too long. And, Rick, I swear to God, this is just a recap of your team. Tyler Eifert expected to miss, quote, multiple games with that back injury. This is a kid with a bucket full of talent who just unfortunately can't get healthy. When you start these back issues, I don't know that there's any coming back from that. No, and it's it's just a a broken record with him. I mean, you hate to see it. And, you know, sometimes – as people on the outside, you know, playing fantasy football, talking about it, we actually almost get disgusted. Right. I would love to see what he could do in for like games. Th- for sixteen games, like three years in a row. Right. You know, really be involved. I would love to see that. And yes, it's selfish that I'm disgusted and disappointed and so forth. But you got to feel for a guy like that. Like you said, just loads of talent and never can put it on display. Yeah, and and you start with these back injuries. You know, if he was, if he's Keenan Allen tearing stuff up, you know, somebody blowing out knees. Todd Gurley when he was in college, you know, Bob Sanders, yeah, from from the Colts, one of the best defensive players I probably ever saw. Right. But he played about four years yeah. in the in the eight that I saw him. Yeah, and and what you see, you know, if somebody's blowing out a knee, you can rehab it, you can come back. You know, I think you got back issues, right? You yeah. start with a back issue, it isn't going away. Nope. You know, when you're playing professional football, I think this is going to be a continual problem. And in, in the fantasy football world, I think he's a, a non-starter at this point. Not yeah, I mean, non-starter we in talk terms about, of non-roster. We talk about pro point. football. I mean, you know, I had the back issues. I can almost relate to, like, the Tiger thing because I used to play a, a hell of a lot of golf. Right. And <laughs> – Bad bag and golf don't mix, yeah. and I know football yeah. bad bags don't mix. It sure isn't that. All right, Rick, let's move on. Nothing more on the injury front. Week three takeaways. What's your first takeaway from week three? <sighs> week three takeaways is I'm starting to believe that Jacksonville's pretty bad 
And I mean in a good way. Bad, like bad in the ass. 70s bad. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm serious. I mean, they, Defensively, they, yes. Defensively, they are. And if Blake Bortles just has a shot or two before the game and stays calm, <laughs> he keeps playing that way, he's fine. I, I wonder mean, if Bortles is really a junk, a junk know, because we keep funny. throwing that out there. I heard one rumor on Twitter two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, I mean, uh, what a workmanlike day. 244 yards, four touchdowns. They have that run game that that can just jam it down your throat. They have this defense that can literally beat you up. Right. And he only has to do what he has to do. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have to go out and win the game. He had all these garbage points last year after he threw four right. field goals or, I mean, interceptions trying to keep up with the other team. These games aren't getting out of hand. This defense is rock solid, and the run game is rock solid. And I tell you what, this team's good. Yeah, it, it's in print now. They're going to let you down because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking, we'll we'll see when we get to the game picks. I don't even remember what I picked, but I look. They're at New York this week, taking on the Jets, right? And you think, can the Jacksonville Jaguars really go three and one? This is the kind of I tell you what, this is a huge game in the franchise history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. As stupid as that sounds, a week three game now. You know, going up against this terrible New York Jets yeah. team, but this is a way game they found ways to lose. And more specifically, Blake Bortles went out and found ways to screw it up. If they keep playing defense this way, and Doug Marone told us he was going to do this in July, and we kind of laughed at him, right? Yeah. You're going to do this to your rookie running back. You're really going to do this with Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson and these weapons you have. He he's doing what he said. We're going to run it down your throat. We're going to throw just enough where we have to. And he's working Chris Ivory. And if you get yelled and healthy, they could get him worked in as well. I assume at some point. Right. And this is who they are, and it's working. They're going to play defense, minimize mistakes, and hope for the best. As long as Blake Burrell doesn't go rogue, kind of like he did in week two this year, right? We still right. He still has the ability to do exactly. it. If they go out and run their game plan, they can win some football games. Yeah. The, I mean, the panic button has not been hit. Allen Robinson took a hit week one. He's done for the year. But look, Marquise Lee already worked in as bad as that year was last year. If there was a silver lining, he built chemistry with Blake Bortles last right. year because Hearns was hurt all year. Right. Hearns is already there, and he's actually having – you know, a decent little He's outing. He's looking like he did, was it 2014 or 15, he put up all those touchdowns. Right. It was 15, and then he did nothing. Last, and now well, all beat of a sudden, last year. people were, okay, we'll stop Lee and Hearns. Well, gee, Mercedes Lewis had three touchdowns. Yeah, all of so a sudden, I, Lewis is. Yeah, it's four catches, three touchdowns. That's not a bad day. Now, let's day. not go crazy. No. The Baltimore Ravens completely s the bed oh, yeah. <laughs> over in London. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. They were out drinking too much of that heavy, warm beer the night before. I, I don't know what it was. There's no way the Ravens That's are that happened. bad. And the Blake Jets. took them out. <laughs> they went out they with Blake. They couldn't keep up with you him. You can't keep up with an old <laughs> drunk like Blake. You're, you're probably right. That's what it is. All right, Rick, my, my takeaway, and you may disagree with this, but I'm going to say it. And this may Let me know if there's any reality this is based upon or this is my, you know, this is letting fantasy football creep into my mindset for the real NFL. Le'Veon Bell does not look healthy. He looks a step slow, and I am getting legitimately worried there is a problem here. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's out of shape. I don't know what it is. But, all right, week one, throw it out, right? He didn't show up till right. till the first week of September. Week two, 
All right, that was kind of a weird game. You're going up against the Minnesota defense. You're still getting reacclimated. There is no excuse he looked as bad as he did. Now, he got his catches. He put up some fantasy points, got in the end zone. So, from a fantasy perspective, not what you expect from a Lev Bell, but he put up his numbers. But watching him run the football, he looks like nothing like Le'Veon Bell the last two seasons. Absolutely nothing. And I'm, I'm legitimately concerned about the kid. Yeah, he, he's put up um, under 100 total yards each of the first three games. Right. Total yards, not right. rushing yeah. yards, folks. I mean, total yards. Well, you're he, expecting a buck and a half out of him every week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he did make the end zone. I mean, we're talking fan, just purely fantasy. He's had one touchdown, and that's the only thing that saved his performance last year was getting into the end zone. I agree with you. Um, how do you – I don't. I'm not sure exactly what the takeaway is. I I agree with you. He doesn't look healthy. He looks tentative. But in the overall picture, the whole Steeler offense doesn't look good. And that was going to be ben, Ben's timing is off. Other than him and Brown with these dink and dunks, there's nothing explosive. Martavis Bryant is invisible out Seems there. Seems like it. And you know, so I mean, they've got to get they've got to get better. Ben does not look sharp. No, at all. He's bad. He's yeah, he's on the verge of bad. And I agree with you. This it runs through Ben, Bell, and Brown. Right. Bell's the only or Brown's the only one that looks half normal. And that's what I'm curious about. And here's why I don't want to overreact. Is, is this a Bell issue or is it because that offense has just been so stale? I'll tell you, here's the next problem. This has nothing to do with fantasy football. This is just two pissed off Steeler fans talking right now, so bear with us for just a few minutes. I think what needs to happen is big Ben Roethlisberger needs to get reined in a little bit. I don't know about you, Rick. I am so tired of on a, on a third and two when you have the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster and Jesse James and Eli Rogers in the slot and a guy like Le'Veon Bell standing behind you, him taking seven, strops, seven steps and just heaving it down the field yeah. as far as he can every time. Right. I, it feels to me like Ben Roethlisberger's in complete control of this offense, and it ain't working. Yeah, it, I, it ain't working. There's I have nothing watched clever Todd Haley it. for too many years to believe that he's calling bombs on third and two all the time. No, no there's just, I agree with you 100%. There's no, so I think it's a little bit of that. I just want, but you worry about when you watch him run the ball. You know the, this hesitation that, that worked so well last year. I don't know if the offensive line isn't open up holes. I, he doesn't. Something doesn't look right. I can't put my finger on it. I'm not a sharp enough mind in the mechanics of a running game in the, in the NFL. But something just doesn't look right. This isn't just rust. This isn't just something's there, and I don't like it. And the same can be said for Ezekiel Elliott. Quite frankly, if you want to jump over there, it's a very similar situation I'm seeing with him. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you don't really know what the answer is. You, you think teams are going to settle down and things will get back to normal. But I'll tell you what, and this is a segue into my second takeaway. All right. This league right now, and New England proved it in week one. Um, we saw Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Denver just get manhandled. Right. There is not a t- – you know, I love – We've talked about this, and we're we're more kidding, but we're guilty of it as too. But there are a lot of people that are serious. Oh, this team sucks. This guy's terrible. There's not a bad player on that field no. on any team. And no. I'll tell you what, every NFL team can beat anybody. Boy, it sure seems and, like And it, there is not a take-for-granted game at all. I mean, look at the New York Jets. Ah, they're a laugh. It's like, 
They manhandled him last week. Throttled him. Yeah. You know, that's what you get when you bring in a Jay Cutler, right? Though he looked pretty good in winning that week two matchup, their first game against Miami. And then he can just go out and lay out a clunker. And we'll get to that when we get to the balls and socks here shortly. But it's hard to predict, and I don't know if it was all the, the protest, all that nonsense, and I don't know. I didn't intend to talk about this on the show, Rick, unless you really had a burning desire to go down that wormhole. I have no desire I to. I, I to cannot fully believe that these protests caused these upsets no. last week. So, I mean, that's just ludicrous. You wonder, and, though. Some teams seemed off. It, it, I don't know what it is. If it's the lack – you know what I think? It's a lack of practice, lack of preparation in the preseason. It's made this – I think here's the problem. Here's what we're going to run into, and here's a caution to fantasy owners, too. What you're seeing now, be it the the practice issues, being at the preseason, the way teams are handling it now, being this all this drama going on around it, what's happening in the league now is not even going to be similar, a reflection of what we're going to see come November, right? This, right. this league is going to completely morph as this year goes on, I think. It's really hard to get a handle on anything, quite frankly, which makes doing one of these podcasts really hard, it trying does. to predict you know, fantasy success and otherwise. It's tough. It's weird right now. It really is. And, you know, we talk about uh, Pittsburgh losing to an inferior team like some of these other ones did. Well, that's what they do. You know, that's well, all Mike Tomlin, too. They go on the road and lose to some god-awful team twice a year. And that's why I retweeted it was a local Pittsburgh radio host, I think Andrew Filipponi. That's why the AFC Championship goes through Foxborough every year because a Steelers team exactly. this good goes out and does this two or three times a season. I agree with you. But, you know, you, you look at Chicago. I mean, here, here's a, they're a perfect example right now. Written off at the beginning of the year. And, right. I, and I still think they're probably the cellar dweller, right? Actually should have beaten Atlanta in week yeah, one. two drop passes. on Kind of laid time. an egg against Tampa. Did win against Pittsburgh. This team actually could be two and one very easily. Probably should be. Yeah, Jordan exactly. Howard dropped the ball and who one of the receivers. Right. They dropped two passes on that last drive at the goal line. And you know we're stating the obvious. The players, obviously, I don't care if you're Tom Brady or who you are, you know you can get beat any yeah. week. It's you know you just have to calm down. Well, you know they should never lose. You're right. They shouldn't have lost to Chicago, but. But they that do. just means, yeah, that means you can. Yeah. And, like, we just had this big discussion about Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben. If you don't play good, you're going to yeah. get beat. Yeah. It's a mess. The other one I have here, Rick, and we sort of we sort of hit it on it in the beginning, the absence of Greg Olson is a bigger benefit to Christian McCaffrey than it's going to be even for Kelvin Benjamin or Devin Funches. I think we saw last week – Christian McCaffrey being the beneficiary. And we talked about it after week one and two where his scoring was down. I think he may may have been – I don't know why I'm I'm obsessed with Christian McCaffrey, but he was one of my takeaways last week in in terms of not panicking with him because he's on the field. They're running the offense for and through him. He just wasn't putting out the numbers. Now all of a sudden – now it's only one game. One game does not a trend make. But you take Greg Olson out of it, and then all of a sudden – I don't know what he put up last week, Greg. It was huge both running and receiving the McCaffrey, yeah, in in week three, he only had 16 yards rushing. So it was all in the receiving. He had nine catches for 101. Yeah, and I I tell you what, I honestly believe I think we're going to see more and more of that going on, especially with Greg Olson out. He becomes the safety blanket. 
there was a lot of folks trying to say maybe now this is Devin Funches' time to shine. And I went out and picked him up in a couple leagues, and I got him stashed because logically you would think, you know, another big receiver, you know, this was before the Kelvin Benjamin injury, although you know, I think we may be clear of that. But it looks like McCaffrey's going to be the guy here. I, I, I'm excited about him now, and I'm getting him back in my lineups heading into week three. Yeah, this is one of the players that do produce, even though the offense is being a dud. Right, right. Kind of like an Antonio Brown, actually. I mean, in a stale offense right now, Antonio Brown's still putting up some decent fantasy numbers. McCaffrey's doing the same in the Carolina offense, even though basically they're a dud. Yeah, they stink. They're horrible. They're in their two and one. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Soon to be two and two, I think, but we'll get that later. All right, Rick, I believe it is time for, unless you have another one. Game ball goes to. Game ball, Rick. Who's Rick Briggs' game ball go to for week three? Game ball goes to. Now, Casey so, Kasem. Hold on. So everybody understands. Ah, we got to back up. I had one for my Casey Kasem, and you go, oh, hold on, well, because I, we got to make fun of Rick and his little <laughs> fingers on the board. No. Blah, 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 blah. And sorry. I had one for Case Keenum. No, I, I am going to talk <laughs> about Case Keenum, and on your game ball, you can stop and talk about me. Case Keenum, my man, gets my game ball. And i tell you what, this kid looks good. I mean, in, in a nice fill-in role, he lit it up, 369 and three touchdowns. Minnesota's okay with that defense yeah, it looks until, like- until Bradford comes back. He's getting the start in week four. So if you need a, a fill-in, if you're panicking from Phil Rivers and so forth, you know, Case Keenum's okay at least for another week. You think he can do it again? Frankly, Those kind of numbers, no. That is the first time I've seen him look like an NFL quarterback. But you know what looks – but but look at the teams he was on. Now he's got Delvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, right. Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. He's in a nice, complete offense. And if you if they worry about trying to stop the run like they used to, well, you know, it's all, it must be a mindset with Minnesota to stop the run. Right. You know, because yeah. they haven't run in three years. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden they have the weapons and a guy that's not panicking. He put it to him, and he gets a game ball. Well, he definitely deserves a game ball for week three. I I wouldn't be surprised if he throws up a real stinker this week just because of who he is. But, yeah, it certainly deserves it. Stephon Diggs is the one I'm excited about. He he made my short list. But, but before we do that, since you wouldn't let me explain before, if you recall the last several weeks, Mr. Briggs, since you say I'm making fun of you, I'll be more professional about it. Mr. Briggs, my esteemed colleague, has sh- shown a marked inability to press a button on an iPad for the sound effects, right? And what did he blame that on, for those of you who I don't know? <laughs> I don't, for what those are you of you about? who remember last week, he said, and I quote, it's too far away from me, he's selfish yeah. and keeps it by him. So what did Rick Flieger do, who just got yelled at on the air? He went out and got his good buddy, Mr. Rick Briggs, he got his good buddy his own soundboard, wired him into the system so he can run it on its own, and it's only three inches away from him. And how did he thank me? He just screamed at me over the air. That's what he did. So that's what happens when you do nice things for Rick Briggs. You know, I don't really think that's how it went. You wanted to make Wait, fun of my. It just happened. You, 
you want to make fun of my baboon fingers. Well, that's instead true. Instead of saying what a nice guy you were. I mean, I think. And then I could have said, Rick, I really appreciate it. You would not it. have you, said that. I just said it. Rick, I really appreciate yeah, it. To, to win Rick, an argument, I really appreciate it. You appreciate it. nothing. And for whatever reason, he seems to be able to push these buttons. He seems to, I'm impressed. Yeah. No. I'm waiting for you to knock it over because this is a little smaller, right? No. This is a different platform. So. Because I can reach it. I can see it. <laughs> I can reach it. I'm a normal human being. Well, that's, normal, that's debatable. With, with normal appendages. I don't have web feet. <laughs> I don't have, like, normal. club hands. <laughs> I, I, I actually I don't have to reach out with my nose and hit the buttons. You had to reach. Look, these things are literally, how far is that, an inch and a half apart? Yeah, which way is the screen facing on yours? Well, all you have to do is turn it. No, you can't. Because yes, you, you grab can. you'd grab and get mine. mine. <laughs> like, a, like, like a little three year old. The microphones are on. The yeah, folks know that but never you, happened. You were mouthing the words <laughs> silently so that's, it wouldn't ruin the show. That's a damn lie. And you're a charlatan and a liar, Rick Briggs. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, it, for me. Game balls and socks. All right, I'm going to run through it. My finalists here uh, Larry Fitzgerald, your oh, boy. Oh, now we're doing finalists. Well, I'm just, you asked me to do a game ball for a quarterback, so I did. Oh, you want to bounce back and forth? I was just giving one. There's only one game ball comes from Rick Fleer. I'm not into that hippie. Oh, I didn't. Well, see, as you, Mike uh, Tomlin calls it, that beatnik stuff. Did you hear him say that? Okay, well then I'll get. I'll give you my finalist. Larry right. Fitzgerald was a finalist, and Chris Thompson was a finalist. You took two of my three, so I'm glad you doubled back and did that for me, you <laughs> jerk. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, 13 for a buck and a half and a touch. That was fun to watch. I love what Larry Fitzgerald – I think these games are going to be few and far between. I think we're going to see as many a week one and two as we did a week three. God, I just root for this guy. He's a pit guy. Maybe that's it. I root for this guy so hard. Chris Thompson's a guy it's time to start paying attention to, right, Rick? I, obviously, you agree if you had him. Only eight for 38. Six catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. The six catches doesn't blow your skirt up. But here's what it, two of the three weeks, Rick, he's busting big plays. He's making big plays. He's getting in the end zone. He has four touchdowns on yeah. the year. Yeah, you're absolutely you know, Gruden right. come out and said they don't expect his workload to increase, so you're going to have to count on him popping a big play, which is why. I think he's a flex option more than not, and, and you're going to have some questions with him. He's going to have some down weeks, but it's time to start paying attention because that Rob Kelly, he looked good against L.A., didn't play last week. We'll see what happens with him this week. I don't. Well, I think that's nothing but a positive for Chris Thompson, though, quite frankly. Right. He can be the true change of pace, right? Right, and, and Washington is proving they're, they're missing the real chemistry with – I mean – Look, Terrell Pryor is a non-factor right now. Oh, it's bad. It's terrible. In fact, he was one of my finalists for sock. Mine as well. When you have a quarterback that's putting up, like, what, 368 or whatever it was and three touchdowns, and he got two for 19. Yeah, it's time to there's, worry. There's nothing there. Yeah. And and they need to develop a rapport before we get too deep into the season because defenses are going to start adjusting to what they're doing when they exploded this past week. Well, if you look at it, they've changed offensive coordinators. This offense is different, Rick. They, yeah. they have committed. And here's what they're doing that they've never done in the past. They still can't run the ball. Yeah, I know Fat Rob had a nice game against L.A. Everybody's running all over L.A. right now. 
but there's they seem to be sticking with it, right? Pirine didn't have a lot of luck last week numbers wise, but they keep they committed to running the ball. They didn't and the funny thing is you look at it, this isn't Kirk Cousins dropping back forty five times and flinging around. He still put up three hundred and sixty yards. Yeah. But they're making big plays. They have a legitimate threat of a run, which is opening things up, even without a Terrell Pryor. It was right. nice to see Doxon get involved. I, I don't know, this turned into a whole Redskins offensive breakdown. But Chris Thompson, I think this is a guy you probably got to find room in your lineups for now because he just keeps making big plays. You know, he looks like Darren Sproles right now is what he looks right. like. All right, so for me, you, you you took Thompson, you took Fitzgerald, but for me, my friend, for Rick Flair, oh, my God, where did it go? Oh, yeah, now look, now look who is. Oh. Uh-huh. My game ball goes to. My game ball goes to. You alluded to it with Casey K's. Stefan Diggs, Rick. Eight. Oh, a yeah. Buck I knew that was yours, man. Two touchdowns. This is two out of three weeks. He kind of disappeared against the Steelers in week two. Everybody's talking. If you get on fantasy Twitter, everybody's talking about how hot he started last year and that he's going to regress. I don't see it happening now. I think he's got it figured out. He's in year three for a wide receiver. We don't talk about that like we used to in years past, but this is the golden year. They've got other weapons around him. they got the threat of a running game like you brought up with Dalvin Cook. they got Thielen doing what he's doing. I think Stephon Diggs stays in that. And I think it might have been one of my predictions, you know, preseason yeah, predictions. it definitely was. You that he would all fin- over him. That he would finish as a number one wide receiver. And right now he is the number one. I, I don't think that's going to happen, right? But I think he's a top 12 the rest of the way out. I really do. I, I don't see the regression right now. I agree 100%. I'm going to give out a uh, stinky sock, if you don't mind. Oh, please. He's got a new toy. Phil Rivers. Oh, God. And that's your boy, too. That's got to That hurt. was pathetic. That that was a and, – and they lost, what, 17-10? Or, no, they was ended up 24-10. Right. But fantasy-wise, he had less than half a point. <laughs> pathetic. And there's there's no excuse for, for these kind of – you know, I – in a way, there's kind of a double standard because he's he doesn't have the personality or the winning team, I guess, as a Brett Favre did. Right. Brett Favre would go out and throw three picks. Oh, he's a gunslinger. That's what yeah. you get with a gunslinger. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. You know, but Phil Rivers is, is, you know, he's not really vilified. I mean, he's not, I can't say he's unpopular, but he's certainly not one of the most. He's just sort of there. Right, exactly. He, he's not a big emotional leader. But you just, just sort don't. Of there. I, I, I'm sorry. It, it, it's easier said than done. I'm sure to, you know, throw for 250 and a touchdown and no picks. I, I understand that. But you would think there would just be. You have Melvin Gordon. You, you've got. Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry, who basically have been Hunter invisible. Hunter Henry again, again took the donut. Again nothing. took the donut. Right. That's two donuts in three weeks for Hunter Henry, who actually was had a lot of people's attention after last year. He was a top 10 ADP tight end this year. Yeah, like I said, you have Melvin Gordon. Uh, you got Keenan Allen, who's healthy, having a decent year. I mean, actually having a good year, but right. you would think he'd be almost having a Stefan Diggs type right, of year. Right. I mean, Travis Benjamin's healthy. He's kind of up and down, but he's a good, solid performer. Ty Williams. I they just, have weapons there. Yeah. To me, I thought they were loaded for Bear to make a threatening move on this division. But it's just like it's just the same old Chargers, man. And, and let's be honest, that Chiefs team is good, but that wasn't the '85 Bears they were playing out there to put up that type of performance, and just to go out and put out, out a clunker like that. I agree. Right. So, 
So I, I had Terrell Pryor on my short list, Rick. I had uh, had our boy Ajayi. Obviously, as you look at him, what was it? Eleven rushes, sixteen yards. Had a big week two, which was his week one. I don't think I'm ready to panic there. He had that. That was just that, that's the Jay Cutler scenario, right? It just you go up, you're playing the Jets, a team you should have trucked. You know the defense isn't even what it was. Right. I don't know how you explain that. I'm willing to ball that game up and throw it away. It's just completely unexplainable. Kind of like what the Ravens <laughs> happened against. Sometimes you look at these performances and you can't even take anything away from it. You just, I think coaches too, you take that game film and throw it in the river because it's just, there's no explaining that. But I'm going to give it to Rick and this is because it's becoming a systemic issue for me. Amari Cooper. This is a guy I'm a fan of, and I know you're a big fan of. One catch, six yards, dropping the ball everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, and about five drops, right? Everywhere. Ten catches so far in three weeks. Right. On an offense that's supposed to be really good. Now, again, I think you can maybe take their team performance. Again, last week, again, ball that one up and throw it in the river. Who would ever predicted that? This is the Washington Redskins, right, who can't play in prime time. I don't know what the hell happened there. So it could go to Derek Carr. It could go to Marshawn Lynch. It could go to Michael Crabtree. But Amari Cooper, as I look at a three-week stretch here with ten catches and just dropping the ball at, at a record pace, he, he stinks right now. And, and I, I hate to see because this is a kid I had high hopes for. Ten catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown through right. three games. That's not what you – I expected dr- that in week three, not over three <laughs> weeks. Exactly. And, um, you know, of course, like you said, last week was was weird. They got trucked. Crabtree goes from three touchdowns basically to nothing. Cooper not picking up the slack at all. I don't understand what's going on. With these guys, other than Cooper's got to quit dropping them, there's no doubt about it. Now, you know, he's limited in practice due to a knee issue. Don't know if that's too serious. We'll have to monitor that. Michael Crabtree, a chest injury. I don't know if these guys are really ser- serious, which they probably aren't. But are is it throwing them off? Yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain it. That was so bad. You know, maybe – Maybe I should throw that one out. And I tell you, I probably wouldn't have put him on this list if it hadn't been really. But for one week where he got in the end zone, it's looked this bad, and, and the drops are right. a big concern. And I was going to give a sock. We've already got, getting a bit. It's week after week after week, and it, it's just like ridiculous. Paul Perkins. Oh God! And, and what? And just the whole run game of the Giants is, is pathetic. And. I, I don't know what to say. They're going to they're not going to win many games if they no. can't get over thirty yards a game rushing. No, and you see how much better that offense can be with a healthy Odell Beckham and it got Brandon Marshall involved. What he end up with eight catches, I think, Rick. So you not a ton of yards. Sterling Shepard went Shepherd's crazy. Been all over the place. Beckham gets in the end zone twice. But that, Pretty it's classy gonna... celebration by Odell Beckham on in the end zone. But and what? How? Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean it goes from. You know, remember when it used to be fun, the icky shuffle, yeah. Billy White Shoes, Johnson, some of this kind of stuff. Then it evolved into the, the Sharpie and the cell phone with Joe Horn. That's and, a second Joe Horn mention on this show. Exactly. What are the odds of that? Yeah, no I think kidding. we know who the show pick is this week. Right? <laughs> but it, it's getting to the point, if you can't think of anything better than that, 
just drop the ball and walk back to the sideline. Maybe that'll be a new trend. Yeah, or everybody steal the Lambo leap or do the Cam Newton right. and go hand the ball to a kid. Yeah. Go walk around picking up your leg. I mean, yeah. And look, you know me. I, I like a lot of this stuff. You right. know, I, I thought the cell phone thing was funny. Obviously, you should be flagged, and I understand why the league would yeah. want that out. But I thought that was funny. This is just stupid. Even, I'll tell you what, I don't know why I draw the line there when Randy Moss did the fake moon, and I thought that was right. funny. You know, it was crass, but it was funny. But to get down on all fours, walking around like a dog and lift your leg, there there is no no, no excuse I, for that whatsoever. No, I agree. And, and Antonio Brown, I think it was last year, humping yeah. a, a goalpost. There, there's just, I mean, there are on. children there. Yeah. I mean, let's just again, get real. You know, too, I don't care about other people's kids. I don't even care about that. Just come on. You're a grown man. What are you doing? And then, of course, Odell tries to say, you know, well, did you hear him try to stretch that out and bring that back to the whole <laughs> yeah. protest thing? Yeah. Where, where the president called us sons of bitches and a bitch is a female dog, so I'm a dog, so that's what I yeah. do. You, there is no way that clown thought that far ahead on that. Your agent sat the whole right. game trying to figure how, that how one out for this? you. How are we going to spin this? How are we going to spin this? Because if we can lay it on the president, then we're good. Yeah. We're good. Apparently, Mara, John Mara didn't agree, which I was glad to see. Exactly. Just, just ridiculous. All right, Rick, let's move on. we got to play a little game here and this week we're going to play this is going to come as a surprise to you because i don't think we discussed it it's time to play my favorite part we're going to play pick your poison richard all right so here's what we're going to do this is real simple real simple which struggling and i use struggling loosely or folks who aren't playing up to expectations player out of each of these are you willing to pick up for the rest of the season? Who, okay. do, who do you think rebounds? Okay. All right, so pick your poison, Rick. The aforementioned Amari Cooper or Des Bryant? <sighs> Boy. You know what? I am going Amari Cooper. Okay. Because I think Dallas – you mentioned it earlier in the show that Ezekiel Elliott in the run game has been, been really down. That starts getting into into full swing. I think Amari Cooper is going to get many more chances because that's what Oakland is. I think, yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's what it comes down to. If you look, it's Des Bryant's targets that are the issue. You, you yeah. saw that beast mode touchdown he had the other night, right, Rick? I mean, yeah. He's still got the talent. He is just, I don't know, we've talked about it, if the rapport isn't there with – with Dak Prescott if maybe is he a half a step slower and he's not able to get open I don't know what it is but this thing's running through Zeke Elliott and we'll know next week if it's going to run through Zeke Elliott the rest of the year because that could change everything as well right but working in Cole Beasley it's surprised by the amount of amount of uh looks that Terrence Williams is getting the the way they're moving the bar on Jason Witten still doing Jason Witten things it's just not there with Des Bryant so probably purely now if Amari Cooper keeps up with these drops that could become a thing that just builds it just keeps snowballing keeps building on it it gets in his head but he's gonna have so many more opportunities as a year goes on I'm probably gonna agree with you and I'd rather have Amari Cooper yeah I mean you you look at his um you look at the comments you know I'm on one of the sites he's discussing his game Des Bryant Bryant caught both of his targets for 12 yards and a touchdown in Monday night's 28-17 win over the Cardinals. It's like you were talking about Charles Clay or something. Right. Two, Two targets. Both of his targets. Two targets. This is Des Bryant. Yeah. No, I know both he had, of his targets. I know he drew Peterson. For 12 yards. 
and I knew he I know he drew Peterson, but this happened a lot, you know, over the last year and three games with Dak Prescott at the helm. You know, we talked about it all last year, and eventually it'll come, and we he wasn't healthy, and it started to come a little bit towards the end of the year, and then we reverted right back to square one there. It's just not there between the two of them, and, and I don't know why. I can't explain it, but I don't want any parts of it, quite frankly. No, I mean, the price you pay for Des Bryant in 2017, 11 receptions, 114 yards, two touchdowns. You know, you need more in that fantasy-wise. He's probably going to pick up some, right? But I just don't look for the Des Bryant numbers no, of old. No, he's not the old Des Bryant. All right, Rick, pick your poison between two strikes. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you three here. I'm going to add another one because I skipped a take earlier. Pick your poison: Hunter Henry, Jimmy Graham, Austin Hooper. Jimmy Graham, probably still Jimmy Graham. I mean, he was questionable to play last week and, and caught like seven balls or whatever it was. Uh, Austin Hooper, he just doesn't he, get the target. He had one game. I mean, you know. And he had two catches in that game. He put up 35 fantasy points right. or something on two catches. Exactly. And Hunter Henry, we've already seen two goose eggs out of three. I'm not trusting him uh, in this offense, just the way things are going right now. So give me Jimmy Graham all day long yeah, with those guys. I, I think it becomes obvious, and that, I think that's a good pick your poison. Because I tell you what, I don't trust Jimmy Graham. The tight end play's been poor this year from a fantasy standpoint. Except yeah, outside of Gronk, we we really haven't seen anyone else emerge. Hunter Henry's the one I can't explain. I tell you, right. one that has Zach Ertz. Yeah, has yeah. actually really come alive. Uh, 21 catches, you know, 245 yards. He's only got the one touchdown. And there's been uh, a relative resurgence of Jason Witten, the old man. Yeah, yeah. But, Not, nothing last week, but the first two weeks were fantastic. Right, yeah. You know, Charles Clay's a guy I'm excited about finally sort of coming to his own in Buffalo there. He's been putting up some numbers. But on this, Hunter Henry's the one I can't understand. I never understood the, the fervor for Austin Hooper. In the in the odds, he made a couple catches in the playoffs, I guess, and that's all it takes to get everybody whipped up. But Hunter Henry, I believed that hype, I did, and I can't explain, I can't understand why you know didn't even get a target in week one, had a really good week two, and then a zippy in week three. I I can't understand it, and I know they have weapons on that team, but this is a legitimate weapon, and I thought he'd be used like Antonio Gates. I really didn't. They're not even looking his way. I have no explanation for it, but I I, I got to stay away till I see him put together two weeks that look like football anyhow. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right, Rick, pick your poison, Terrell Pryor, or your boy Kelvin Benjamin. I have to go with Calvin Benjamin as much as I don't like either one of them. Let's go! It's I hit the wrong button. Yeah, of course you did. It's karma. See, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. No, no it just nothing would have happened when you The only it. reason I say that, Rick, is is I'm I have to think that Cam's gonna get a little bit better sure somewhere so. during during the course of the year. Um, McCaffrey and Stewart certainly have the run game okay. There's got to be some other passing. Well, you can't, you know, Greg Olson's gone. There, you got to pick it up. And, and what a better way than Calvin Benjamin? They've had big games before. Calvin Benjamin a couple years ago, big year, you know, right. his rookie year. I, I don't know what the, it, it's more with Cam Newton, I'm sure, but I, I think he's going to improve. Prior, I'm not sure. We we saw what was going on with the Redskins last week: three sixty-five and three touchdowns for Cousins, and 
you know, Terrell Pryor two catches for under 20 yards. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to be a huge part. I think he's going to pick up some, but if I had to pick up a guy for the year, week in and week out, I still have to go with Benjamin. Yeah, it, it probably is. I'm actually going to agree. I, I I like to bust your chops with the with the man love you have for Benjamin. And look, you always, you know, grit your teeth every time you put him in the starting lineup. Yeah. I'm legit. There's a big concern there with Terrell Pryor. You know, that's a good offense. That's a good quarterback. You're the top dog now. You you 200 yard, 2,000 yard receivers gone, right? And and you come in, you're the top dog, and you can't get a look. And Grant's running around looking like Antonio Brown for stretches of a game. Jordan Reed's out. Doxon, you know, he got in the end zone, but he can't stay healthy. there is no excuse in the world Terrell Pryor isn't catching 10 balls a game. Maybe he's not putting, shouldn't be putting up big yardage numbers or getting in the end zone. But I can think of no reason that he's not catching 10 balls a game. Either there's no trust with Kirk Cousins, he can't get himself open. You know, th- this is funny, and I, I don't know what it is. You see guys like him like Terrell Pryor, go from just a joke of a team like Cleveland, where you're the big dog in a place like Cleveland, and then you go to a real offense, and all of a sudden you just don't quite fit in. Now, you'd still think by proxy your numbers would get better going to the better offense, but it doesn't happen. We've seen this in the past, and I wonder, it's got to get better at some point. You're probably, as I'm smacking my microphone around, it's probably going to get better at some point, but I don't think it's going to be consistent. There's a problem there. Yeah, and just for the listeners to know, if you haven't listened to us a long time, if you cut Rick's hands off, he couldn't talk. That's why you hear all this banging and clanging around over there. Because when he gets on a tear, his R's are raving around, waving around like an orangutan. I mean, he's smashing everything. And it, it's I need to comical move. to watch. If yeah. Alejandro was here, we'd be video. But, of course, he's not because why? He's in competitive interpretive dance again. Yeah, yeah. Alejandro, I don't get it. All right, Rick. Pick your poison between these running backs, Isaiah Crowell, Amir Abdullah. Hmm. Wow. You know, I got you with this one. I like it. You've been confident on the first few. I'll be be totally honest with you. I never thought I'd say this, but I think if I had to go for this year in a redraft league, I'd go Abdullah. They're on a much better offense and he can do. I, I don't know what's going on with with Crowell. He, even being inconsistent last year, he had spurts, right? Where he looked, you know. I mean, that's why everybody was excited about this guy as a breakout contender this year. They're just not getting it done. They may figure out something later on in the year, but from the body of work I've seen in 2017, I think I'd have to go Abdullah. Yeah, this is Abdullah purely based on upside, right? At any given week, if you have to play one of these, Abdullah could bust one, right? Or he could catch a ball and bust one. I want no parts of either of them. But but Crowell, I agree with you. You know what You know what the problem is? And here we go again, Rick. It's the same old Browns, right? We come out of there, put together what looks like a good defense, and Deshaun Kaiser wins that job, and he looks pretty good against the Steelers in week one they they can't run the ball they go down and Indy's the worst team I've ever seen play professional football in a lot of years and Cleveland goes down and just gets pimp slapped by them right it's just the same old Browns and Crowell they're playing from behind they're not establishing the run with Deshaun Kaiser I think defenses are saying we'll let the rook beat us probably right they got no wide receivers now it's just it's Cleveland. Here we go again. So the answer to this question is Abdullah. I just and, and the age old 
downside of, of Abdullah, or basically anything to do with Detroit, well, you know, Theo Riddick's there. Right. Well, guess what? He's been du- quiet. No. 19, I mean, he's uh, actually has, only has 19 yards rushing, but he has 13 catches, 82 yards on the year. So, I mean, he's right there getting the reception and so forth. But you know what? Duke Johnson yeah. is getting all the gravy in the Cleveland offense, and Crowell's getting none of it. So, you know, he's got four catches for 43 yards, or Crowell does. Duke Johnson's actually much more productive yeah. than Crowell is. So, I mean, right now I would take Abdullah. I like Crowell better as a running back, obviously. But, you know, this this Detroit de- uh, Detroit offense – has so much more ups, upside and potential. Yeah, no question about that. All right, Rick, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt your heart here with this one a little bit. Pick your poison. Rest of the year, Phil Rivers, or your starting QB in the Caveman League, Cam Newton. Actually, I have Kirk Cousins. Oh, you have him as there as well. But don't you have Cam Newton? Yeah, I oh, do. All right. You have them both. All right, I'm with you. But he's riding the pine right now. I told him he's going to have to have a seat. You have a talk with him? Oh, yeah. I sat, I sat him down a little bit. I said, Cam, <laughs> you got to take that team your shoulders, boy. That's right. And that's just the way it goes. And he slapped me and you know said, I'll do what I want. And I said, okay. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. I can see that going down there. Yeah. Right? <sighs> Rivers. I, I agree, yeah. Way too many weapons. And – he likes to throw the football. So you're going to have those 375 and four touchdown games with Rivers. You may have the stinker you had last week, but, you know, in the same week, Cam Newton had like five fantasy points. Yeah. So I'm going to take Rivers. Yeah, I'll agree with you for that reason. I am – I really believe – Maybe career-wise, certainly this year, it's over for Cam Newton. I don't think we're going to see that MVP quality. That the like we talked about earlier, the running portions being taken away from him. He's banged up. He he can't stay healthy. There's a lot going on there. And Phil Rivers, he's done it enough times that we know it for good stretches of the season. Do we do we have a minute? No, sure. Because I um I actually taped the conversation with uh, Cam. Oh, you did. Yeah. All right. Let's hear. And it. I, this is me talking because I you know I sat him down and, right. and this is I wanted to talk to him. When boy, when <laughs> are you gonna get your act together? It's a good question. Oh, good God Almighty me! That's after you slapped me. He's the Antichrist. So you might have gone a little far. And I want to talk to you. Now listen. He walked out. Don't walk away from me when I'm talking to you. You get a good job before sundown, or we're shipping you off to military school with a Finkelstein kid. Son of a. I think you may have overplayed your hand there a little bit. It's no wonder he smacked you. Yeah, well, you know, what could I say? All right, I don't know. I worked up over the whole situation. I understand. You're passionate, right? Yes. That's what we'll go with. All right, last one, Rick, and we'll start talking about week four. This one, you know, and I'll tell you what, I'll give you the option of both, neither, or one or the other. Pick your poison, Rick, Le'Veon Bell or Zeke Elliott. Well, if we're picking poisons, you have to pick one. All right, Lev Bell. I'm going Bell. Okay. I, I just like his versatility, and I just like him a little bit better. Simple as that. I'm getting real worried he goes bust. I don't think Elliot can go bust. Now, we may find out this time next week, you know, that temporary injunction gets lifted and he's sitting out for six games, then, then you know, this conversation's stupid. 
I think I have more faith right now in Ezekiel Elliott. I just something is up with Le'Veon Bell. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's the offense. Maybe we can lay this all on Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger earlier this week shouldered all the blame for this, as he's wont to do. You know, this is—I don't think that—that's breaking news in any way. But I, I'm nervous about it. I worry about Le'Veon Bell, and if I know they're both going to play and they're both going to stay healthy, I, I honestly, right now, it's, the answer should be Le'Veon Bell. But I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott. I just, three games is a trend to me. One, and, and you can do that. You can do that with anybody. And you can't fault them for whatever choice they made. Yeah, I mean, that's a dumb one. I get it. Zeke Elliott, 192 yards rushing. Le'Veon Bell, 180. They both have one rushing touchdown. Elliott has 12 receptions. Bell has 13. Basically, same yard, 64 to 56. I mean, they're they're like. That's the surprise, though. You didn't expect all those catches from Ezekiel Elliott. Right. And that few from Le'Veon Bell. Right. I, I understand that. But Dallas is winning. Winning Steelers, they're winning. Other than Chicago, obviously, they, but they everybody's talking about how stale they look, how right. out of time. I think if they start clicking, oh yeah, I think the upside. I'm going Bell. But you know, how long can you say when they start clicking? That's what I'm getting nervous as True. as a Bell owner, a fantasy owner, and a Steelers fan. That how many? How long do you say that before it ain't going to happen? I don't know why it wouldn't happen. We'll find but out. We're going to find out soon. All right, Rick, let's pick some games. Your boy came back to earth a little bit last week, fell to 8-8, eight and eight, still sitting 31-16 and 16 overall. How much ground did you gain on me last week? One game. <laughs> I was yeah. a magnificent 9-7. and seven. And considering with the upsets, not too bad, but – not good. So where are you at overall right now? What's my lead? Yeah, if you don't have it, you don't have to do it. I don't have it. Add up. I am like 18, 25, and 25 and 22. Ooh, so I still got, uh, what, six games on you. I'm feeling good. Yep. I'm feeling good. I get her back on track this week. All right, Rick, let's start out. First game happening, uh, probably already happened by the time you're listening to this, is the Packers host the Bears coming off a big win over the Steelers. Yes, they came off a a very nice win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think it ends there in Green Bay. I like Green Bay 27-14. Yeah, I think this one is closer than it needs to be, and Aaron Rodgers finds a way to win. These Thursday games are just so wacky. I got the Packers also at 27, but I think the Bears find a way to get to 23 in London Sunday morning, Rick. The New Orleans Saints take on the Miami Dolphins. This essentially is Drew Brees and Jay Cutler. I don't think there's much choice in who we think is going to win that battle. What New Orleans off defense shows up? The one last week that throttled Carolina or the one the first two weeks where they couldn't stop anybody? I don't really – I'm not necessarily sure that it really matters. I like New Orleans in this one, 33-21. Yeah, I think it's a good game for Ajayi. I think Cutler gets back on track here a little bit. Ajayi. You know what the intrigue to this game is for me, as stupid as this is going to sound? And it's going to be something to monitor as they play more and more of these godforsaken games over there every year. Is the Saints headed out there? What was it, Monday or Tuesday morning? Yeah. And the Dolphins were just going out today or Friday, I think. I'll be curious to see what the effects, if there's any effect to that. That that's what I'll be watching for. I think it helps the Saints. I think they win this thing thirty to twenty. Uh, 
is what I have the score as. But that's what I'm most interested in. And I hope a couple other teams do this so we can get a little bit of a sample size. But I think right. this is something you might see more common. All right, Rick, uh, th- this is interesting with what Deshaun Watson's doing is the Texans host the Titans who are red hot. Yeah, they are, and you're going out of order, so I have to find it. Okay, there we are. Out Um, of your order? Well, out of the – yeah, I mean, you just happen to get a different order. Um, I'm going to consider this an upset. I'm going Houston. I'd consider that an upset. 24-23. Look, Watt doesn't even have a sack yet this year. I think he gets one. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think they start picking up a little bit on defense. Deshaun Watson has that offense moving a little bit. I'm going Houston, 24-23. This will be interesting for Deshaun Watson, and that's what I'm most looking forward to. He had a really, really nice game against New England last week. But New England right now, if I'm not mistaken, Rick, is the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL. Did they fall to 32? So they're bad defensively. Now now the Titans, you know, they're not the 85 Bears either. They're struggling a little bit defensively. I'm going to go with the Titans here. I like what they've been doing, you know, we last week I'll take back what I said about here comes Derrick Henry <laughs> as DeMarco Murray just slipped right back in that role and just beasted uh, Seattle defense, right? So I, I think what what we saw Tennessee do last week against Seattle you know, the Texans are good defensively, but I think they can hold their own. And I think the Titans win this thing by a touchdown, 23-16. All right, then New York Jets coming off that big win, getting ready to get their win streak roll and take on the uh, suddenly uh, formidable Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I you know, New York showed me something last week, and so did uh, Jacksonville. You just look at the teams. Jacksonville's a better team. I think right. this is going to be an awful close game, quite frankly, because that's what Jacksonville does. Um, we've talked about them improving the last couple of years, and yet they just con- continually you know, disappoint. But I think they're clearly the better team. But I'm going Jacksonville sort of in a romp late, but I think it's going to be close for a while. I'm going 34-20. Jay Cutler screwed us on this one, Rick. Because the obvious pick had the New York Jets not won last week. I think the obvious upset play for this week would have been the Jets. This is odd, Rick, the, coming back and not getting that bye after playing over in London. So I think Jacksonville being Jacksonville, number one, Blake Bortles being Blake Bortles, and then coming back from London, coming back and having a game that next week against a team they should beat, which Jacksonville likes to lose to, the Jets should be right for an upset here. But here's the problem. They're not going to win two in a row. They're, they're horrific. It's, it's a terrible football team. <laughs> so I'm forced to pick with no faith that it's going to happen. I'm forced to take the Jaguars 20-10 to 10 here. I think it's a good week for Fournette. Yeah, I think Blake Bortles throws a couple picks. We see a little more of Blake Bortles, but they have just enough to get by and win this So thing. you're not taking Jacksonville in a survivor pool? No, no. Okay. I'm staying away from this all game right. totally. Just for the for all you out there calling the bookies, don't take Jacksonville for a survival pool. All right, Rick. The New England Patriots at home come on after a squeaker last week against a game Texans team hosting a guy we spent all show talking about. It feels like Cam Newton and the Panthers. This defense in New England is concerning. I mean, this was the number one, you know, points against defense in 2016. They're ranked 32nd this year, total defense. As bad as Carolina's offense is, they're going to move the football against them. 
I think New England wins because that's just what they do. But right. I think this is going to be pretty close, 26-22 New England. Yeah, if this game was in Carolina, I'd be tempted just a little bit, just a little bit. But the Patriots don't lose in Foxborough, right? They charge you four fifty for a glass of tap water and right. they beat your ass. That's yeah. what New England does. So I got the Patriots 34-30. I do think you know, it'll be interesting to see because uh, I think the narrative on Cam Newton and that offense is going to change <laughs> after this game, and we'll have to spend more time on it next week. All right, your boy Casey Kasem and the Vikings hosting the Lions. This is one I'm looking forward to. He did get a game ball this week, but I think that win streak ends. I'm liking what Detroit's doing, and I think their offense is better. I like Matt Stafford, and you know I'm not a Matt Stafford fan, but he's having a good year. Matt Stafford in the Lions, 30, Minnesota, 24. Vikings are a whole different team at home. And even with Casey Kasem at the helm, I think Stephon Diggs, I think Dalvin Cook, along with that defense, are enough to find a way to beat the Detroit Lions at home. I got the Vikings, 28-27. All right. wouldn't think the Vikings at home would be an upset, but it feels like I just picked an upset there a little bit. Yeah. It's the Casey Kasem factor, right? Well, yeah, it's Keenum against Stafford. And people are starting to – and why you're not believing in Minnesota, you know, but – you know, it's just one of these, they're almost on the same level. Right. I lean towards Stafford. Yep. And, well, from quarterback, I, I agree with that. But I, I love this Vikings defense. All right, Falcons looking to go 4-0 and so much for the Super Bowl hangover, I predicted, as they host the Bills coming off of just a curb stomping of Denver. I know the score didn't say that, but they curb stomped. This is kind of like the uh, New York Jets to you. I mean, this was almost, to me um, – the upset special to call, right. you know, against Atlanta. But they did it against Denver last week. I'm just not sure this offense is going to be able to keep up with Atlanta's offense. Right. And I like Atlanta in this one, 27-20. Yeah, going on the road, taking on a Falcons team, coming off that. There's just not enough there. I think the Falcons win this one going away 30-13. to All right, time to test that London theory again, Rick, as the Ravens host the Steelers. Here's two teams that – are coming off dreadful losses. Right. So you can't really use that as a factor. You know, if Pittsburgh would have beaten Chicago, ooh, look out. Baltimore's going to be really something after that drubbing they took, or vice versa. I don't know what to make of it. They're, the offenses on, on Baltimore is terrible, but when they play Pittsburgh, they look like, you know, the greatest show on turf. Flacco just flings it and they catch it. Here's what I will tell you, and I can't identify who. Let's assume Mike Wallace. Okay. Somebody for Baltimore, and then I'm sorry, I'll let you pick your game. Somebody from Baltimore will catch a touchdown in excess of 70 yards. This happens every time they play the Steelers. When the Steelers look like they have control of one of these games, somebody for Baltimore is going to catch a 70-yard touchdown pass this week. And they probably do. However, I think defenses take over because because the offenses are just playing sloppily. I'm going Pittsburgh in a squeaker, 1916. <laughs> My final score, Rick, is 1916. No, you're <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I swear to God, it's right there. I'll be. If Alejandro was here, you all could see it on exactly. the screen as well, but you can't. But I got the Ravens, Rick. I think this just comes down to home field. This is one of those games, throw everything out. The Steelers have forever struggled offensively in Baltimore. The years their defenses have been great, years their defenses have been down. They cannot move the ball in M&T Bank Stadium. 
I have no confidence that it's any different this year, especially with what they're coming off of. Somebody, and that's my real bold prediction, somebody for Baltimore catches a 70-yard or more touchdown pass. That's the difference, and here we sit, and I got the Ravens 1916. God, I hate saying that as a Steeler fan. All right, Rick, where are we at now? The Cleve Brownies hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Somebody's going to have a win by the end of this. Somebody <laughs> has to win this game. Well, I, oh God, I hope they tie. Predict they tie. I saw some flashes of good things from the Cincinnati offense last week. I, you know, I, it was a nice bounce back game for AJ Green. Andy Dalton looked like he was cut loose a little bit, but I don't. I, there's nothing confident about it. I could say I want Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati will win, and I'll feel horrible about it. I think Cleveland will win. I feel horrible about it. Upset special of the week: Cleveland twenty-one, Ooh. Cincinnati twenty. Oh, bold, bold! I don't have those kind of stones, Rick. I'll give that one to you. Do yourself a favor if you're playing on on the draft app, playdraft.com. Go ahead and go back and look up A.J. Green's career numbers against the Cleveland Browns. Get A.J. Green in your life. Joe Mixon, they started to lean way more his way. Could be a good week for Joe Mixon. This could be the first week he breaks out. I think this game's unnecessarily close. Even when the Bengals were good and the Browns were bad, these games were often unnecessarily close and high scoring. But I got the Bengals here, 27-20. All right, this game's really intriguing all of a sudden with what Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams have been doing and the Rams travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys are the Cowboys, and I think they are now the team to beat in the East. Everybody was on the Giants bandwagon early. Yes, whoops. Yeah, oops. Uh, but Dallas, are, they're playing well, and they're certainly, to me, the team to beat in the East. L.A. is kind of an upstart. They're really impressive. They're going to make a lot of noise in the West. But I'm going Dallas with this one. I, I like them at home. But it's going to be close, I think, 28-20. I think the difference here is that for all my whining and kvetching earlier on in the show, it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. Everybody is running the ball all over the L.A. Rams, which seems odd with as good as that defensive front has been in recent years. I think Ezekiel Elliott gets off the schneid big time, has a big game here, and the Cowboys win 33-24. All right, Rick, this is tough picking this team every week as the Chargers host the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, this is one – Philadelphia picked up, I thought, an extremely important win last week. They were up 21-0, dusting the Giants. All of a sudden, fourth quarter, they get 24 straight points. They're losing the football game. Right. They battle back, tie the game, get into overtime, and then win that thing. It's kind of like the Atlanta game for week one against Chicago. That was that, regulation, was it? That one didn't get into overtime. Well, no, but, I mean, it was a game that they – actually should have lost. Oh yeah, yeah. But they they found a way to win. And and that's what good teams do to build confidence. I think that's a it was a huge win for Philadelphia. That being said <laughs> That's my favorite part. Here's all the reasons Philadelphia is going to yeah. win. Now I'm going to pick the other guy. I am taking the Chargers cuz I like them at home. I think Phil Rivers bounces back and I think it's going to be a close game, but I I like Chargers 27 Philadelphia 23. We are so close on all of this crap today. I've got the score at 27-24. I also have the L.A. charge. Here's the only reason why. This team, honestly, for everything we talked about with Phil Rivers earlier, this team is just too damn good to be 0-4, right? They're, they're just too good. 
Philadelphia, there's going to be an adjustment, I think, losing Darren Sproles. You know, there's real no home field advantage in L.A. They can't sell out a 27,000-seat barn or whatever that thing is they're playing in. There's no home – just too talented. Phil Rivers has too much pride. Antonio Gates, you've got the running game, assuming Melvin Gordon's got a good defensive front. There's no reason that team should be sitting 0-4. So for that reason only, I think Philadelphia is a better football team, but I'm going to pick L.A. just because I I don't see them going 0-4. It's a dumb reason to make a pick, but that's what I'm doing. All right. All right, Rick, where are we at? Tampa Bay hosting the Giants. I am going with a team going 0-4, and I'm taking the Giants to go 0-4. I think it was a heartbreaking loss last week. Tampa Bay has to find a way to win to stay in competition in that division. I'm going Tampa. I think they're uh, probably a more cohesive team, if nothing else. And I'm going Tampa Bay 24-20. Yeah, I mean, the Giants are just a disaster, right? And, you know, it looks like Gerald McCoy could be out or he's banged up. They've got some injuries on that defensive front. But it doesn't benefit the Giants at all because they couldn't run the ball against a lot of high school teams, it appears at this point. And I think that's the difference. You get uh, the secondary, the defense of the Giants isn't what we thought it would be. I think you get Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson loose. And I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here at home 31-27. Cardinals, I can't put my finger on them yet, Rick, they host the 49ers. The Cardinals are not as good as people want them to be, I believe, right. quite frankly. Yeah, I, keep the trying, Cardinals, I keep right? trying to make them stud defensively, Carson Palmer, and that's not who they are now. Right. I still think that they're, you know, is, is San Francisco, I mean, they're, they're showing a lot of guts, they're showing a lot of heart, and they're showing some improvement. Big comeback against the Rams, but they fell short. I still think they fall to 0-4. I, I got to go with the Cardinals. They're just – Bruce Arians still comes out. This is the best Carson Palmer he's seen in three years. <laughs> but they can't run the football. Yeah, that's big. That's they big. cannot run the football. Look, Chris Johnson's whatever he is, 32 years old, a shell of himself and he's still better than the other knuckleheads they right. got on that team. Yeah, they pull him out of the – a Chipotle line, <laughs> and he's starting over two guys who made the team. Right. You got rid of him to have these two guys, and then you pull him out of McDonald's and put him in your starting lineup. That tells right. me everything I need to know. Because they didn't need these other guys for a running back. Right. They needed these guys to give David Johnson a blow and go catch a short pass somewhere. Right. I still going with Arizona. I think you're going to see a little bit of production uptick with Chris Johnson, but he's just not going to be a number one running back. No, no. But he has to be because that's all they have. Thirty-one twenty-eight, Arizona. Yeah, that's a little more high scoring than I have it. I think Arizona wins this thing. I think it's ugly. It's just it's not going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I got the Cardinals twenty-three twenty. All right, Broncos. Talk about a tough bounce back after you lay an egg. Like like the uh, Oakland Raiders did over over in Washington Sunday night, you'd think, boy, they'd be set up for a bounce back game. But boy, going to Denver take on the Broncos isn't what you want for your bounce back. Well, scenario. this game is exactly like Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They're right. both coming off terrible losses, but I think Denver got trucked by a much better team. Uh, well, I I don't know. Washington's defense, I guess, was surprising, yeah. or is it? Oakland's offense, you know, with the Amari Cooper drops that we're talking about and so forth. You start a game like that, things start to yeah. snowball, I think. Yeah, you go to Denver, it's just not a great time or great place to bounce back. I like Denver 23, Oakland 21. Yeah, I'm a Raiders fan. I still think the Raiders have a lot to say about who plays in the Super Bowl for the AFC. 
But Denver, I, I sort of wrote them off. That defense is still the Denver Broncos defense. Trevor Simeon's a different quarterback, and there's something about that building. That's one of the few that Gillette, Arrowhead, one of the few true home field advantages left in the NFL, and I think that makes a difference. I got the Broncos 24-23. Sunday night football, boy, you, I bet they wish they could flex games earlier in the year as the Seattle Seahawks host, host, and that's important, the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I, I'm I kind of like some of these games in a way. I mean, granted, it, it doesn't sound real sexy on the on the outside, but I want to I want to get a look at these teams because Seattle has been very underwhelming. Indianapolis to me has played better. Everybody wrote them off. This, this team's junk, and and granted, they only have the one win over Cleveland. But I think they're going to find. I think this is where we find out that Seattle is a lot better. They're angry and they're at home. I'm going Seattle 31, Indy 16. I got 34 9. You know, <laughs> and, and, and hey, little note to everybody out there. I know he came from New England after, you know, one and a half decent games. If you're still trying to argue that Jacoby Brissett is the future of the Indy Colts, irregardless of what happens with Andrew Luck, you you can just never stop kissing my backside. Stop with that. I know you want to say it and get it put on Twitter so you can go back to it if lightning strikes and it actually happens. Enough with that. Jacoby Brissett's a nice quarterback. He, he may end up having a good career in this league, but stop with that. And I've got the Seahawks 34-9. And uh, interesting Interesting uh, Monday night matchup is the Chiefs host host the Redskins. Host. That, that's Say important. That again. Host. Host. That's important to me. Host. <laughs> it's like one of those monkeys you see on the National Geographic. Oh, oh. I didn't know monkeys made any noise. Well, you think they're mute? How do you think they communicate? They bang their chest and stuff. Oh, Fling their geez. poo. They do that a lot. <laughs> that only at people. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. I don't know. You know... I think this is going to be like a minor shootout. I don't think it's going to be like New Orleans, Atlanta is a lot of times. But I think you're going to see plenty of offense. Hard to go against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I'm going Kansas City 30, Washington 25. Yeah, at Arrowhead's the the big difference maker for me. Because they're the host. Host. That's right. They're going to host the game. I think – recently a win in prime time for Washington last year was a big or last week was a big anomaly that doesn't happen often I don't think this game is all that close I think the Chiefs are in command early and win this one 27 to 13 all right real quick Rick let's uh, get to some starts and sits and then we're going to dip into that mailbag yes because we have a full mail mailbag if I can find it um <laughs> you lost the whole oh. mailbag <laughs> I find the mailbag. I was looking for my starts. And Again, sits. he brings the mailbag yes. in, just balled up in his pocket, yeah. and then we, I get to watch him try to unfold it like origami the rest of the show. It's a good time. Okay, after a half a point fa- fantasy point last week, uh, Phil Rivers is going up against the 25th-ranked defense against the pass. You're Don't panic on Phil Rivers. If you're one of the Cam Newton owners or somebody like that, I think Phil Rivers is a great start this week. Oh, interesting. All right. So at the quarterback position, I'm going to go, this seems so obvious coming off the, you know what, I'm not going to throw it out. I had Russell Wilson as my quarterback. As I look at that, that's so damn obvious. That's stupid. Yeah, running back. You're benching him four. Right. Running back (laughs) tonight, 
Tariq Cohen versus the Packers. I think they get him really involved. I worry about the short turnaround for Jordan Howard. This could all sound stupid if it went the other way because this game already happened. And at wide receiver, Rick, I do like Devin Funches against the Patriots, the 32nd-ranked defense. I think they get healthy, move the ball. Good game for Christian McCaffrey. He was one of my starts. I think Funches is somebody down at the end of the flex ranks. If you're looking for somebody, an injury replacement, looking for some upside, I like Devin Funches this week. Okay. Um, I tell you what, this is the last week for him to be basically the starting running back with Doug Martin coming back. New York Giants last against the rush. Jaquiz Rogers might not be a bad flex player this I, week. I like it. Yeah, definitely get him out there. All right, why don't you uh, sit somebody down, Rick? Who do you have no patience for this week? Ben Roethlisberger at Baltimore. Stole, stole my number one. I have that as well. <laughs> Plays pathetically, well, even things are going well, plays pathetically at Baltimore. Right. He really does. And, and I mean, there's really just, it just he's, he's historically bad away from Heinz Field. He's historically bad against the Ravens. And we've lamented endlessly on this show already on how stale the offense looks. So if you have, I got to think if you have a Ben Roethlisberger, you've probably got I don't know, a Rivers or somebody yeah. on the bench. Because to me, he's not one of these elite. Him, right? he, yeah, he's not one of these elite quarterbacks like a Brady or a Breeze. Right. I'll tell you another sit that I have, um, and he exploded last week, and a lot of people are going to get all excited with, with him. But, uh, you know, he's going up against uh, Patrick Peterson this week. I, I don't think Pierre Garçon is all that great of a start this week. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he might be the one guy that struggles there specifically in that offense. That's a tough matchup. Uh, the other one I have, you know, oftentimes we throw these out and your response is often, well, who are you going to play in place of him? Mm-hmm. And this, I think, would normally fall in that category, but I'm going to say for this guy, we talked about him earlier, but I'm going to start Devin Funches over him. I'll start the likes of a Randall Cobb. There's some guys a lot lower on your preseason rankings that I would start over Amari Cooper this week. He's in a funk, and now you're going to Denver. This is a recipe for bad, bad things. And if I'm an Amari Cooper owner, I'm finding somebody, I believe, easily that has more upside than Amari Cooper this week. You're probably right. I I'm, can't say that I can truthfully say – to you looking at you that I would actually have the stones to set him for a Devin Funches. That's a whole different conversation. (laughs) I agree with you there, yeah. Uh, But you're absolutely right. And and just looking at some of the people, Marquise Lee, you mentioned Funches. Um, I can't remember some of the other. Even maybe a Muhammad Sanu, somebody like that. Alan Hearns. I'd play all these guys over him. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I can't say I disagree. Whether or not I'd have those (laughs) stones to do it, that's another story. Completely different conversation. All right, Rick, it's time. You got the the mailbag opened up. Yes, sir, baby. Hold on. I, I did something for you this week, Rick. Here we go. You've got mail. All right, Rick, open up yeah. that mail bag. All right. You asked, I delivered. Here, here's the first oh. one. And this is a short one. I lo- that's how I like them. And it's the it's the I, I call it the rookie sensation. Ah, okay. And I'm not talking about rookie football player. All I'm right. talking about rookie fantasy football I player. I like this. So a dummy is what Sterling you're Sterling Shepard or Doug Baldwin? <laughs> Doug Baldwin. 
<laughs> I I get it. I do. Right. I I do, and I don't like to you know make light of it. But no, he's a dummy. But I mean, somebody like that don't you can't you have to see a little. Yeah, Sterling Shepard had a Doug nice Bowling game. Had a monster game too. Don't forget. Right. Exactly. He'd been struggling, but, but I don't know. It's just some 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 of these guys. Pierre Garçon was another one. They, all of a sudden, they explode. Look, we've seen this with Pierre Garçon many times. Right. Catch 11 balls and catch two the yeah, next week. It'll take a month off. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, Doug Baldwin. Okay. In PPR, get your little pencil out. All right. I'm ready. Pick two. All right. In PPR. Marte was Bryant. Rashard Matthews. Pierre Garçon. Sammy Watkins. Okay. To me, this was a no-brainer. Yeah. I'll tell you what, in this order, Rashard Matthews, I have at number one on this list. Yep, me too. If Sammy Watkins plays, I have him at two, but he's a big question mark. Right. So then three's Martavis Bryant, Pierre Garçon's last on me for this list. See, I'll tell you what, I put, I put Garçon down as three. Okay. Simply for PPR purposes. I think he's going to get the targets where Martavis Bryant is basically, other than that one crossing pattern where he actually scored and it worked, right? they throw a bomb to him. And yeah, that's their offense right now right? in total. But I, but I agree. I think total. it's Richard Matthews easily. Okay, not sure about Rob Kelly on Monday. And, you know, maybe I should mention, I mean, this is from Rob. Hello. Um, yes. Robert. Yes, and he even put – he's from Indiana. Indiana. Okay, not sure about Rob Kelly on Monday. Yeah, and that's always a a bad thing. I hate that. I hate it. Who would you start in his place with standard scoring? Shane Vereen, Terrence West, Belil Powell. This boy's a little thin on running back. Yeah, he's not in that bad of a – that bad of shape. So, is West healthy? He is because you like the matchup limited against the right Steel- now. You like the matchup against the Steelers after what Chicago just did to them, right? right? Lil Powell, the Jets taking on the Jaguars, that all of a sudden can play defense. Vereen in a standard, I'm throwing out. You know, he's if they get behind, he'll catch 13 balls on the last drive, but they're going to total about 14 and a half yards. So I'm throwing Vereen out with Rob Kelly. I'm not taking the risk in waiting, right? Because I'm just assuming there's. Yeah, because it'll be Chris Thompson if Rob Kelly doesn't go and Chris Thompson isn't available. So this comes down to Wester Powell. There's a question mark there. Buck Allen gonna, probably going to get his if he's healthy. I'm, I'm going to go Belil Powell. And Collins here. as well. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Belil Powell here. Irregardless. I think I would, I, I would too, Rick. Very close with Terrence West. Yeah. I, I throw out, um, you know, like you said, I, with in standard, Shane Vereen is basically – non-consequential, inconsequential, right. and same with <laughs> Paul Perkins, too, in standard. Yeah, you probably pick up Paul Perkins if you want somebody to not <laughs> yeah. run the ball. Exactly. Pick three. Get your little pencil oh, out. jeez. All right. Is it writing? I'm okay. ready. Okay. Pick three. I need two wide receivers and a flex All in right. PPR. Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Frank Gore. Okay. Josh Doxson. Jeremy Hill. Galladay, Parker, Devontae Parker. Boy, that's no fun at all, is it? All right, so on that list, Fitz is probably the most obvious. Devontae Parker's obvious. Uh, So now I'm looking for a flex, right? Uh, 
Gallaudet, they're taking on Minnesota. So, yeah, I don't love that. Hill's a non-factor. Doxon, I'm going to have to see it more. So, by default, that becomes Frank Gore for me. I'm going to hope he gets in the end zone. Yeah, and he seems to be doing it. Um, it's Seattle, but they teams yeah. have been able to run on Seattle. It's the secondary you're afraid of. Now, you can run on the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, Fitzgerald's the obvious to me, number one. I, I like Doxon. Jeremy Hill is basically done. Like you said, Devontae Parker. You know, to me, it's between Gore and Doxon. I mean, you know, it's Parker would be second. Yeah, you can make a case for Doxon with me because, unlike you, I think Washington is actually going to score a few points mm-hmm. as opposed, opposed to you. I think you had them at, at 13. 13. Yeah, I think they're going to get shut down in that game. Yeah, I, I think they score some points in Kansas City, but I, I still go Gore, I think, just – seems safer yeah it's just you, you're not going to take the you could easily take the hook on Doxon. he could right. not catch he could sprain a toe getting off the bus he could just not get on the field gore's going to get his touches i agree and i i don't know where it is on my new board till i find it so oh, well, we have a trade question mister oh so we're going to blow it up i wonder if you have that i don't even know so i'll hit it i like that <laughs> I All like right. that. Trade question. PPR. Okay. Okay. I was offered. This is, this is a – I don't know why these guys in this league are trying to make deals like this. All right. But anyway, this is from Josh. I was offered Carlos Hyde and A.J. Green. Whoa. Okay. For Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Okay. So, offered Hyde and A.J. Green for Elliott and Cooper. Yep. Let me tell you why I'd take this deal. There's every possibility that Ezekiel Elliott gets. First of all, A.J. Green's a huge upgrade over Amari Cooper. Huge. Even if Cooper puts it back together, that's a huge upgrade. Yeah, because A.J. Green doesn't have Michael Crabtree on right. the other side. Now, at their best, at their best, Elliott's 10 spots higher than Carlos Hyde. I don't know if I want to factor in the possibility that Elliott gets suspended, but that that's going to be the tipping point for me. If he doesn't, you look foolish. I think the upgrade over A.J. Green over Cooper, Hyde serviceable, and I'd rather have the upgraded wide receiver and a serviceable running back than the other way around. I'm going to make this deal, Rick. Give me Hyde and A.J. Green. What what does that benefit anybody though? I wonder when I look at this trade. Well, the, you know that's what I'm saying. I, I don't understand. You know, I I don't understand the why some of these people do it. But you know, sometimes we don't understand our listeners or yeah, maybe they're kids. Maybe they like doing this trade kind of stuff. They like trade. to trade. We got guys like that in the cave, man. Exactly. Trade just to trade. You know, in, in fantasy perspective, right now, Carlos Hyde has been more productive than Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think over the course of the year that'll last, but I, I'm a, with you. I think A.J. Green's a huge Yeah, upgrade. there's a way bigger gap between Green and Cooper than there is between I'd Elliott I'd take it myself. Yeah, yep. I'd do it. Here we go. We're we doing it again? No. Oh. But here we go. Should I bench <laughs> okay. Big Ben for Blake Bortles this week? I hate Ben against Baltimore. Well, we do too, Steve. But for Bortles, I don't know. 
Is Jared Goff on your waiver wire? I want you to bench Big Ben legitimately, but Blake Bortles isn't the cat to do it. Is uh, and maybe not Brian against the Hoyer. Jets. Yeah. Oh man! All right. Uh, no, if it's for Blake Bortles, if Jared Goff, if Trevor Simeon, if somebody like that's on your waiver wire, the answer is yes, but not for Blake Bortles. I am done recommending starting Blake Bortles. So the answer to the question is no, but I'm going to advise you to go pick up Jared Goff, somebody in that realm, Trevor Simeon, somebody like that who could be on your waiver wire. I'm going to go yes for the simple reason is through three games, Blake Bortles has, in fantasy has outscored Ben Roethlisberger, and I think it's a safer play against the New York Jets for one game. If you're just talking one game this week in Baltimore, you hate him away from Hines, you hate him at Baltimore, and Blake Bortles is actually has the Jets, I think for one game I'll say yes. But I'm with you. If Jared Goff's out there, grab him. Yeah. Or something like that. But, I mean, if Blake Bortles through three weeks is over Ben Roethlisberger, and I know the ceiling's way higher than Ben Roethlisberger, I'm not sure this week is it, it for him to be climbing. No, no, it ain't going to happen this week. I definitely agree with you there. So, somehow or the other, you got to sit Big Ben. PPR. All right. Chris Hogan or Pierre Garçon? Hogan, easily. Right. Yeah, I right think this not. week, certainly. Yeah. Uh, you know, Garcon's had the one big week, but you know, I, I don't think it's happening against Patrick Peterson this week. This week, so yeah, definitely Chris Hogan. Starting to like Chris Hogan as a solid flex play. Oh yeah, I think he's an every week play as it is. Garcon does make it interesting, but not not against Patrick Peterson. Okay, this is Jason, and <laughs> you're gonna love this one, man. Oh man, blow it up. Oh, we're gonna do it. Blow it up again. Oh, it gets another one. <laughs> I was offered okay. Aaron Rodgers and Buck Allen okay. for Matt Ryan and Keenan Allen. What? My other wide receivers are Hearns, Jarvis Landry, Watkins, and Deshaun Jackson. My running backs are David Johnson, Hurt, mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch, Jonathan Stewart, Adrian Peterson, and Matt Forte. Okay. So you are panicking because David Johnson's hurt, and you think Buck Allen is going to really upgrade you from either Lynch and Stewart as a pairing. Yeah, that's just foolish. Yeah. Because really, Rodgers and Ryan. You're giving up Keenan Allen for Buck Allen, and you're losing a little bit. You're gaining a little bit with Rodgers, I think, over Ryan. But minimum. But, yeah, no. So, right now, he's rolling out Matt Ryan, Marshawn Lynch, uh, whoever else. Probably Stewart. Yeah. You Waiting know. for DJ to come back. And you're rolling out Landry, you Allen, Walker. No, this is if, foolish. Yeah, if you want to upgrade your run game because David Johnson's hurt, you know, you counter offer if you want if you want Matt Ryan and Keenan Allen, he better be throwing in I don't know, pick somebody. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Fournette. <laughs> yeah, probably that level McCaffrey, somebody right. with, with a high ceiling if you're giving up Keenan Allen. That's just stupid. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, you forget blowing it up. He gets there. Yeah. 
terrible question. Yeah, terrible. don't trade. But keep just sending to them trade. in asylumfootball at gmail.com. Keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming because we like making fun <laughs> yeah, of stuff. We got right? nothing better to do. We're here. All right. You love this guy too, man. All right. This well, this is from Dennis. Dennis. Denny. Derek Henry at Houston. Okay. Or Lamar Miller at home against Tennessee. Good question. That, that's interesting. I just the opportunities just they just haven't been there. Demarco Murray looked healthy. I'm gonna have to go with Lamar Miller. Oh, me too. I, I don't even think this better. is. I don't think this is even close. You'd asked me this last week; it'd have been close for me, but yeah. not not this week. Not this week. It's Lamar Miller. Okay, PPR. Carson, Crowell, or Terrence West. I'm going to ride this Carson train. It's going to come off the tracks. We talked about that earlier this afternoon, Rick, in some deals you were trying to make. I don't trust that it's going to be him in November, but I think it's going to be him on October 1st. So yeah, this is Carson pretty easily for me. I think so, too. I mean, Crowell has just shown nothing so far. Well, Cleveland showed nothing, right. let's face it. Okay. Okay. Blow it up. Oh, <laughs> man. PPR. All right. All right. This is from Jared. It's not that subway rapey guy, <laughs> is it? No. I mean, he's got no. time on his hands. No, we do vet our listeners. Do they it's, play it's, fantasy football in the Bing, do you think? I don't know. They pay fantasy, but I'm not sure if it's football. <laughs> okay. Gross. PPR. Okay. First of all, I'm going to say my running backs are Gore, okay. Cook, Jaquiz Rogers. Andre Ellington. Okay. My other wide receivers are Sammy Watkins, Brandon Marshall, Doug Baldwin, Marquise Lee, and Kenny Britt. Okay. I was offered Todd Gurley for Stefan Diggs. Okay. An actual fair deal and a reasonable question. Right. So, you're going to bring in Gurley, match him up with Cook, which is a real nice backfield, but you're down to Watkins, Baldwin. You know, Rick, I might do this. I. You would have basically Watkins, Baldwin, and probably either Lee. I, I would say Lee. I don't. I, I think I'd go Lee over Britt, and Marshall's too sporadic right now. I mean, Ellington's nothing. We don't even talk about him. No, Rogers is at best is going to be in a split starting next week, right? right? Exactly. And Gore is just Frank Gore. Uh, if Watkins can keep it rolling, Doug Baldwin's Doug Baldwin. He came back to life. I, I think I make this deal. I. Yeah, you hate to give up a guy like D- Diggs, but I mean, with a year Gurley's having, and you know, going with Gore and Cook. Boy, that, that's you know a what's tough interesting one. about this? These are the two guys most debated on all the fantasy sites. It's probably on fakepigskin.com, on Twitter, everywhere. These guys are the most two hotly debated regression players, right? And I think if I'm looking at this just in a vacuum, take the trade out of it, Diggs, from what I've seen through three weeks, as well as he's played and as high as I am on him, I think Diggs has more risk of a regression than Todd Gurley, the way he's being utilized right now. So in a vacuum, I like that deal. And then when I look at the teams, 
I, again, I think Sammy Watkins, Doug Baldwin's enough to overcome losing a Diggs when you can upgrade from a Gore to a Gurley. That's a huge upgrade. I'm going to make the move. I would, too. The, my only hesitation is, and one of the things that I didn't like, is you start loading up on Rams you well, know, with, with Gurley and Watkins. True. But, um, you know, it seems to be okay. I, I, yeah, I think I would, too. Yeah, I, boy, I tell you, I mean, it's... Uh, you hate giving it up. You but. hate giving it up, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not like you're getting a running back with the potential. He's already proving yeah, it. He's, he's producing. It. So. He's done it in spades so far. I agree. Okay, here's the last one, mister. All righty. Stick with Newton or put in Jared Goff. For this week alone, yes, stick with Cam Newton. Both on the road. Cam Newton's going up against what right now is the worst defense in the NFL. I think this is his opportunity to get healthy, even without Greg Olson. I think he can't help but put up some numbers this week. I think as the year goes on, week to week, you're going to play this stream, and I think you're going to play Jared Goff more often than you play Cam Newton. But for this week, I think it's Cam Newton. And I'm going to disagree with you because last week was the exact same story (laughs) with New Orleans defense. This is is the week they're going to explode. In fact, I actually put out on Twitter – you know, uh, whatever, breakout alert, Calvin Benjamin, you know, and, and Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that, how'd that work out yeah, for you, Rick? Not not so well. <laughs> yeah, there's something about until I see it from Newton, and I sympathize with this guy, you can't live on five and ten points, fantasy points from your uh, quarterback week in and week out. I'm going with Goff until Newton starts doing what we keep saying, okay, well, this week he's going to. So we're going to agree and uh, – you know, other than that, or we're going to disagree. So you're going to have to flip your coin and, and whatever. And I got to assume that you want to go with golf is the reason you wrote in. So listen to the smart one. That's me. And that'll about do it, baby. And you know, excellent point. Not to talk over the music as we're trying to get out of here. You're right. He asked that question because he's done with Cam Newton wants to start Jared Goff, when it's that close, the hell with it go for it. So yeah. I'm going to flip my vote because of that. That was some damn good logic, Rick. I like it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I figure we to justify it, right? I figure we get a question because I'm debating this, and I need somebody to tell me either yes or no for something for a good reason. Right. And I have no good reason for him to keep Cam Newton in there right now. I have no good reason to change my mind, except you. I like your argument <laughs> so much, so we're in it. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us. Check out the show, fakepigskin.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Asylum Football. Keep, Rick will keep that mailbag open all the way up to kickoff, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Yes, you access us on uh, fakepigskin.com. You can go iTunes, you can go Stitcher, but when you do that, subscribe for free, rate us, comment. Tell us what you think. Do something. Quit being so lazy. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.